Hey yo, what up, what up? It's the O to the G. It's your boy Nabio. This is AKA. And it's your boy Steph Capella. It's a phenomenal woman. Yo, big up Ruby on the Kingship. 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 Kingship podcast with Ruby V. What's happening? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm super, super excited to be finally doing this episode of the podcast. This is episode nine, season two of the Clock In series. And as usual, we try or I try to put you on game every other time that we host this podcast. Now, I'm excited about this episode because I have been trying to host this person on the podcast for a long ass time. And the schedules weren't aligning. She was out of town for a little bit. Listen, I was first of all jealous about all that we're going to talk about that on the podcast and uh i am excited i am thrilled i am humbled i am honored to be hosting superstar pr publicist media personality (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love that introduction thank you so much how are you feeling i'm feeling good i mean you know we've been talking about this i think for months and i was like traveling and schedules just not matching yeah covid concerns yeah finally we connect so finally we get to do this yeah i've i've been following on the podcast Mm -hmm. of course your radio show Mm -hmm. And just your contribution, especially on the hip hop scene, and I like what you're doing. Thank so, you. You know, when I got the invite, I was like, "Who me?" <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, I, I I figured like I see you doing interviews with other people, yeah. but like I've I haven't really seen an interview with you. I don't think so. I don't think I've seen. Well, there are quite a few mm-hmm. because mostly I decline interviews mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of the people who want to interview me. Sometimes I don't like the way they approach me because sometimes they're like, "Oh, we have we have this feature of celebrities, mm-hmm. and we'd like to have you," or we have this feature about influencers, and we'd like to have you. Mm. And, I, and I feel like when you approach me as a celebrity or a, or an influencer, you really don't understand who who I am and what I do. Mm. And I don't subscribe to this Kenyan mentality that just because you have been um, exposed. Um, via the media scene mm. that makes you a celebrity because then th- there rises the confusion between who is a celebrity and who's not a celebrity mm-hmm. and the general public think that whoever is on radio or TV or whoever is rubbing shoulders with c- real celebrities is, is also a celebrity yeah. so I always want to um, differentiate myself from the celebrities because I work with celebrities but I'm not the celebrity mm. so for that reason I've turned down so many interviews and only those who approach me the right way like okay. the way you did yeah. and you're like I would love to talk to you on the work you do mm-hmm. in PR in entertainment with artists how can we educate people exactly yeah. I'm like yeah. she, she totally understands I, I have no reason not to like you know talk to you or anyone who has that approach but a lot of people that's not the approach that's so i end, i end up having very um less interviews and i think it's important to do more and you know educate yeah. inspire young people yeah because yeah. the industry is large and we need more professionals in different facets yeah so i'm happy to be here <laughs> dope dope we haven't even said the name but i think by now you know if you've heard the voice of course if you hear superstar celebrity um pr publicist media personality of course know that we're talking to none other than Aniko Owoko first of all I think a lot of people 
call you Aniko Woko and I've seen you quite a bit saying Aniko Owoko. So which one is it? Is it Aniko Woko, Aniko Owoko? So it's Aniko Owoko, mm -hmm. but on my Instagram it's Aniko Woko mm -hmm. because it's hard to put the two O's in the middle. Yeah. Um, for those who call me Aniko Woko or Aniko Owoko, I accept. Okay. But I think some people get confused and they think I'm Aniko Woko. Exactly. So, I don't know how to fix that. But, <laughs> but well, it's Aniko Woko. Okay. Yeah. Great, great, man. You have, you have done a lot of work. You have worked with, like you said, you've rubbed shoulders with a lot of people. And before we even get into, you know, that list, what it's looking like and all that you have been involved in, when did you decide or, or what captivated you about PR that you decided that, you know what, I can major on this and, you know, just run with it? I think what captivated me on the PR front is seeing the success of Saudi Soul because I worked with them as their publicist for 10 years. Wow. And during the 10-year period, there's a long time that I actually didn't know that was PR I was doing. Wow. So I came to learn on the job. Mm -hmm. I came to um, start to know that it was PR I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just assisting, communicating, mm -hmm. writing stories about them, interviewing them. Um, assigning media opportunities when and and, and however I could mm -hmm. and so after seeing the success of, of theirs after 10 years I was like wow this can actually be a, a career yeah. you know it can be a thing yeah. so that's that was my case study you know I was like this is a successful case study if this happened I mean I think something else can happen the, 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 the only fear I think was that that happened in a long time mm -hmm. years. yeah that's, that's a long, long that's a decade but the time i left working with them i was actually 30 at that time mm -hmm. I, I i my my um i mean left working with them permanently as a publicist mm -hmm. my objective was for the next decade i would like to see the success i can garner with another artist another brand Dope. and just for the region not just with another artist but i i, I really wanted to create a bigger impact mm -hmm. and so that's where the idea of venturing into PR came from I never thought I would do PR it was never my plan yeah I never wanted to start a PR company why would I do that like, yeah I'm a journalist yeah so it just happened that seeing the success of theirs inspired me to to start this business so it was never ever what I envisioned for myself that's I was crazy. supposed to just be a journalist mm -hmm. you know do my radio stuff do my TV stuff mm -hmm. do my writing stuff mm -hmm. And sometimes it's 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 a battle that you have to sacrifice some things for some things. Mm. And now that everything is a little bit more balanced and mm. things are flowing, I'm starting to find myself back. Like I'm starting to get more time to do my journalistic stuff. That's dope. That's what my passion is. That's okay. dope. First, tell me um about that link up with Saudi Soul. The first time that you met them, how did this conversation go? How did you link up? And then you know, just working the first year, and you're like, okay, this is working you know i might do a couple more years with them was it something that you decided or were things just going great and you stuck with them well when we first met we became friends from the onset mm -hmm. we had just a connection and we have been friends since mm -hmm. so even when i stopped working with them permanently as a publicist we've remained so close like i probably see each one of them 
every single week mm -hmm. and we talk a lot and so i think it's just the fact that we connected as friends in the beginning and i think real friendship is about lifting each other up mm -hmm. you will do anything for your friend mm -hmm. some friends can be even closer than family members so our kind of um closeness was so tight-knit that i was gonna do anything for them Dope. and they're gonna do anything for me so it was never a business endeavor mm -hmm. with them never was it was never i mean later on in in in, in life of course they became successful the money came about mm -hmm. so i was concerned about you know being paid or also you know getting something for the work i'm doing mm. but from the onset i never really it wasn't about the money no. first it was like let's help each other grow no. and because it wasn't about the money we never discussed how long we're gonna work together mm. what i'm exactly gonna do it was just like i'm helping mm -hmm. and i was like having my own career on the side mm -hmm. you know i was working at bbc at the kbc mm. i was writing for so many publications so i wasn't looking for a job with any artist you know so i'm just like you're my friends i'm in the media i think this is what i can help you with mm. so it ended up being such a symbiotic relationship that we were inseparable and i just had to be there and they needed me and i needed them and so i'm, I'm just happy to see you know that they were successful in the end actually uh, the first person i met was chimano mm -hmm. at the alliance francaise and we just became friends i don't know how mm. but we were both um singing in the choir so wow he was telling me stories about this band um of his friends and they were singing together in high school mm -hmm. and so i i came to meet each one of them later and um we convinced the choir master at that time at the Alliance Francaise to audition BN mm. to join the choir even though he wasn't a student at the Alliance Francaise mm -hmm. and the choir master was like that's impossible you know I can't audition somebody who's not a student here to become a singer mm -hmm. in the choir here mm -hmm. and I hadn't I had never met BN but I did it based on, you know, what Chimano told me that he's so amazing, you know, he wouldn't let us down. So mm. let's just go. So I'm actually pitching for someone who I've never met, who I've never had sing. And so the choir master said, it's fine. Like, let him come. Um, I'll audition him and see if he's good enough. And I remember that day we were just sitting outside Alliance and me and Chimano and we were waiting for BN to come. Mm -hmm. And so this guy came, he's like, so thin, so tall, so ashy. Oh my God. Like... <laughs> His what are these things called? The the knees? Yeah, this like this, this this little ball on oh, your knee. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the elbows were disgusting. I wow. just remember seeing him there. He was like, "You are so ashy." And I was like, "How would this person be singing so 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 brilliantly?" So he never like sang to me or something. So we we, we took him up to the audition and he sang and that was it like the the, wow. the the choir master was like okay he's got a, a a space in the choir and he actually got a lead role wow and so that's where the whole saudi soul story began wow. so me chimano and bn sang in the choir for a couple of months there was a huge christmas concert mm -hmm. and after that um they were telling savara and and, and um uh, and polycap like oh we had such a nice time at the choir maybe we should now join a group so i was kind of there from the inception but not like in the sense that i would be in the group but mm. i remember like them forming the group and in the beginning they were just saudi wow. then later on after they became saudi and were relatively successful within the underground scene mm. they started to arise so many other saudi boys saudi wow. choir saudi are you serious yeah 
all these random Saudi people. What? And there was a strategic decision from the band themselves mm. to add the soul, mm-hmm. which means um, light in Spanish. Wow. And their former group in high school where they were singing in choir was called Voices in the Light. So I remember oh. them coming back to me and saying, like, we're just going to add the soul. So we're going to be Saudi soul from today. And um, hopefully there were no other Saudi souls. Wow. <laughs> so that is our story in summary. Yo. <laughs> Listen, how do you feel like coming from, you know, this very ashy interaction with BN and the beginning, you know, them kind of figuring this stuff out from the very beginning to seeing them on the Afro Nation poster or being signed by Universal, like seeing all that they've been able to do and you have been a part of it. But like when you take a step back and watch it, how does it make you feel? Oh my God, it makes me so proud. I don't think everyone has had a chance to be in the presence of greatness from the onset. Yeah. And I've had that chance and I'm like, thank God. Amazing. Because, you know, you know, new people meet them, even like universal people and, and they gush over them and they're like, oh, they're so amazing and all that. And I'm like, oh my God, I saw that like before everyone. Or mm. I was privileged enough to discover that before they were exposed to the world. So um, I'm just happy because from the beginning, I just thought that they were super talented and I thought they sounded amazing. I thought the harmonies, just the melodies, just the composition mm. that they, the compositions that they were putting together, I thought they were quite unique. That's what yeah. I thought. So uh, it was always my dream for, for that to be exported out you know for people to hear that for people to feel what what i used to feel when i would hear their song yeah so to see them um you know produce a lot of albums perform across the world um you know get signed to universal becomes huge stars in kenya east africa and africa crazy is a huge accomplishment even for me i'm just like I spent a lot of years, you know, working hard on the brand and I feel like I did not waste my energy. Imagine uh, putting in so much for Mm -hmm. somebody throughout that period and then... It amounts to nothing, yeah. They decide we're not doing music anymore. Like, okay, this is it for us, yeah. Yeah. You know, talking bad about each other. Like, that's not who they are to each other. Like, they're friends and they're brothers. So I love that they've also kept it very respectful among themselves like you'll never hear like some drama between them and not you'll never hear because um it doesn't happen it's like controlled it's within the circle yeah and Mm. even when it's within the circle it's 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 just like family wrangles Mm. nothing too dramatic Mm -hmm. so i i love that um even for them themselves their brothers first and then you know, musicians in a band yeah. second. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I am convinced that they're going to be together forever. That's like, They're going to be producing albums at the age of 80. I'm telling you. Yo. I'm telling we're you. We're here for it. At least we have it on this spot. Yes. <laughs> we're here for it. L- listen, like, I think one thing that I noticed about Saudi Soul, how you're saying, like, they they keep it within the the unit they keep it in the circle because i i was like okay another group has come up you know how groups go in kenya it's like after being successful like you drop one album and then you start hearing this one is over there this one is over there so the fact that they've been able to rise from that very beginning up until this point and still keep it together and bring on new artists now that they're signing to you know their label soul generation i guess it's crazy did you ever see them like i know you you believed in the talent from the very beginning like you were there you knew that they were gonna get to where they were gonna get did you see them 
signing little salty soul artists under the, under their label did you see that happening was that a conversation that happened well i didn't see that happening in the beginning mm-hmm. because in the beginning the first thing you're thinking is how are these guys gonna make it yeah they're gonna have money how yeah they're gonna have um investment into their brand into everything they want to do mm-hmm. but i think later on in, in in life when they you know got all the success and acclaim and whatnot they always talked about wanting to sign new artists especially I think especially BN and um, Savara, they're very passionate about mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, BN would give so many other artists like my number and they would call and say, you know, BN referred us and he said, you, you could advise on this and that. Mm-hmm. So they always kind of had a knack for advising artists and empowering them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they had always mentioned that we're hoping to sign artists and stuff. And I was like, I wonder, who this artist will be, I mm. wonder how the record label would be. And then finally, you know, they had the name for the record label and, and we actually collaborated in the launch of their record label. That's like my company and theirs. Mm-hmm. So that was quite successful. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them yeah. again. Honestly, it could only get better. We're waiting for that Grammy nomination, a Grammy win, like... <laughs> I couldn't be prouder honestly. I really I really like how they move. So how after after working with them for 10 years, um when did you finally decide that you know what? We're we're switching this. We're we're um, I'm transitioning into this other thing and you're not going to be permanently handling their communication. Mm, I think it was in 2017 when I decided. I knew this this was going to come about. I knew at some point I need to kind of move on with my career and work with other artists but i didn't know exactly when Mm -hmm. but i feel like in 2017 the year itself was just a culmination of different feelings things in my life like i just felt like i just needed to cut off everything and start afresh Mm -hmm. so that's when i like stopped working with them i quit like my tv job Mm -hmm. i just felt like i was having a couple of repetitive years Mm. and i just wanted a new challenge so that's when i decided like okay this is the time to do this but i think the decision was slowly coming you know i had already created my um like a business or or pr brand on the side Mm -hmm. so everything was kind of just low-key and now i felt like this is the time to go ham go hard is the time to start reintroducing myself to the industry and to artists and to start letting them know that i can work with them because mm. there was th- also the there was the f- the perception that she only works with some exclusivity exactly. yeah so um how then do i you know talk to other artists or have them work with me so it was quite a challenge to start contacting each artist one by one and mm-hmm. explaining like i don't only work with them please give yeah, me a job yeah but um i felt like it was important for me to start that like it, it was a lot of lobbying a lot of networking mm. so that was 2017. so now tell me about um working with coke studio africa was it during the saudi soul um working period or was it after it was it started during i started working with coke studio in 2015 and i've worked with coke studio consistently until the last season which was last year 2019. Mm -hmm. um it's another project that was and is still very close to my heart Mm -hmm. because i think i stand for what coke studio stands for connecting um african artists like on one platform Mm -hmm. it's actually um 
almost similar to um, my company's motto mm-hmm. because we say at Aniko PR that we create African stars and we, we, we connect different audiences in unique ways. Mm-hmm. But what Cox Studio does is connecting different African stars, you know, be relatively big and even those who are coming in and, and, and big in their own right in their countries in their local markets and whatever mm-hmm. on one platform so i really kind of resonated with the show for that purpose so i worked with cox studio from 2015 and um i think to, uh, as as a music and entertainment publicist of the show mm-hmm. and then in 2019 my company got to represent um the entire pr project of cox studio in kenya and we're also the central agency in africa which means my company was um coordinating all the other pr agencies across africa Incredible. running Coke studio because obviously coca-cola is a huge brand mm-hmm. Coke studio is a huge brand and you will not believe the kind of um, machine that runs this Coke studio. Yeah. Like you, Coca-Cola has agencies across Africa. So basically, if the show is representing 13 countries, 21 ad, 13 countries, 21 um, countries, because every season had different um, number of countries. countries. Mm-hmm. Each country will have a PR agency representing that country. And so every year there's going to be one PR agency that will be coordinating all Everything. the PR agencies in terms of the reporting in terms of um, crisis control, in terms of narrative control, mm-hmm. everything has to be standard. You know, there's no way um, a press release can go out in a different country or market without being approved by the central agency. So, 2019, and we started shooting in 2018, and then the show aired on 2019. So 2018, 2019 was basically the craziest year in my life in terms of PR. Mm-hmm. It was such a huge task. I didn't think we would do it. I didn't think I would do it. Mm. But when the opportunity came, I just took, you know, the challenge and, and the horn. And the, and the, and the, the bull by its horn. The bull by its horn. Mm-hmm. And, and yo, we, we, made through, we made it through. You know, I would never think that just a company that started in 2017 would be able to re- run such a huge Pan-African it's project. Crazy. So we did that. It was great. It was a lot of learning, a lot of um, key lessons from it. And I think... One day I'm probably gonna do like a, another case study and put it together properly just to show how do you run such a Pan-African project? How do you coordinate different markets? Yeah. There's a lot of things that I personally learned that we learned as a company. Um, in summary, I think the biggest things we learned that there's a lot of cultural differences even within our African industry. Mm-hmm. There's always an assumption that we are Africans and we are the same. Mm. But when we're, we're the same, but we're also different in many ways. Mm. The way we communicate, um, of course, the languages. So mm-hmm. all those things have to be considered. A lot of people who are venturing into the African market, even Africans themselves, don't necessarily consider that. They just think that, hey, I'm African, I'm, I'm going to start promoting a project or whatever, but it's not the same. Mm. So it's it's quite a challenge trying to, to you know, make it in Africa and trying to get into each market. So you really have to make everything specific. And that was what we had to do. And at some point, we got a lot of help from the South Africa team. Mm-hmm. They even were helping us, you know, put together some spe- some specific content and stories for different markets because it was a lot of stories. Mm. Every week, we would basically write like 20 press releases every Yo. week. And um, we're talking of a seven, eight month project. Yo. Like if I started counting all the content Damn. we put together... 
for the whole continent it uh, would never finish and including the Coke Studio Africa blog that That's I was ed- the editor of the blog mm. and so there are different writers on the blog so my job as the editor of the blog was to assign different um, stories and obviously edit them and there was an external associate editor who'd go through them again so it's wow. such a machine Yo, and being inside sounds this machine hectic. it's hectic so that was that Yeah. Yo. What 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 was your, you know, in all the hecticness? Yeah. I mean, you interacted with like a bunch of artists, you met a bunch of people, you've been in different scenarios and experiences. What would you say is a moment over from 2015 to 2019 when you're working with Coke Studio Africa that stood out for you, whether good or bad? Well, I think um 20 I like I say 2018 2019 stood out for me because mm. when I started in 2015 as just the publicist of the show mm. at that point I didn't have a vision of oh I might have a company and okay. this company might be able to represent Cox Studio as an agency when I got in at 2015 No I'm just this young independent publicist and I'm like wowed to see all these people and mm. to work with various people from various agencies. Mm-hmm. So my perception towards agency people was like oh they're so sophisticated they mm-hmm. know so much and mm. I'm going to learn so much from them and I'm a novice there's nothing I know. Mm. But I think throughout the process I learned that um I'm different I'm unique there's a lot that I know pertaining the industry that a lot of agency people traditional agency people no, no, don't necessarily know mm-hmm. so throughout the process from 2015 to to right now i got to see what makes me and what makes my company or or my uh, way of doing things different mm-hmm. so it was important for me to go through that process to be able to rediscover or um or see myself in a different light mm. um and also see you know what the agency people are good at and so also there was a lot of um things that i learned in the process like how agencies run mm. how um agencies put together all these beautiful proposals and presentations so i think what stood out for me is 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 to discover you know what makes me and my company different mm. and, and 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 to be able to um redefine myself and redefine my company and know that this is the path we're taking and we don't want to take this other path mm. because a lot of the agencies go all the corporate way but we're not going that way we 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 stick to the artist you know independent artists and also record labels and what not mm. so that was a big learning and um I also learned that you know working with international superstars be it from Africa or beyond mm. is something achievable and most of them look like they're unreachable but when you meet them they're just people like us and some of them are so hu- human you mm. know humane or what is a word mm. like they're just really nice people mm. but I think when when we we looking at it from outside we always think like Yemi Alade is um you will never have a conversation with her you mm-hmm. can't be her friend or you will never be in a room with Trey Song mm-hmm. or you can't be in a meeting with Neil so you know to be, or you can't be briefing Jason Derulo on something Listen. you know I would never think <laughs> that so to be in those positions or situations where you know I'm trying to brief the manager of all these artists and they're like well um Trey is just there you know go just highlight him go and yeah sit with him and brief him you know you really have to like straighten yourself and <laughs> wake up from the dream and say no I'm not going to think about Trey Song's chest I know chest. it's like I know <laughs> listen that man is too gorgeous oh my so 
Seriously, these are challenging moments when you have to forget of all the music videos you've seen of yeah. Neo, you know, dancing and stuff. You can't start to be a fan in that situation. Yeah. I just want to say, Trey Songs, I love you so much mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you really have to keep it professional and, you know, say what you're supposed to be saying yeah. in terms of the work. So it was a great opportunity for me to... Um, to see how I can handle myself in the presence of greatness and um, see how I can prove myself in the presence of greatness because when when you're in, in that position mm-hmm. I swear you only have one chance like you have five minutes and you can't waste a minute and yeah. even I, I had an interview with Neo and I didn't think I, w- I would get a chance mm. so when they said you have ten minutes you can't start doing oh sorry take one mm-hmm. take two mm-hmm. so it, it just made me learn one thing the whole Cox Studio experience and this one experience is that most times when you're dealing with all these huge stars you mm. only have one chance you can't mess it up True. you really can't you have to prepare yourself throughout your career throughout your period throughout the day for just that five minutes so that's mm-hmm. just one minute mm-hmm. and uh, that's what's gonna probably define your next opportunity you know mm-hmm. so i mean again i i survived that so Yo, that was that was incredible <laughs> let me tell you of all the cook studio moments that three songs one i was dying like i had a boyfriend at that time and he was the whole week all i was talking about is three songs i was like what have you seen he was in a matatu from Rongai. why didn't i take that matatu like what like where was i when he was doing this like i i'm such a fan of trey songs so just being in that like room in the yeah. press conference and like it was and, and he's so cool because i mm. remember we were just chilling me and him at some point because there was certain interviews he was supposed to do from around africa like there was one in i think south africa in another country i think probably nigeria mm-hmm. so we're waiting for the people to call mm. because they were supposed to call at a certain time and mm-hmm. we were just sitting in a room just me and trey and i was like <laughs> okay what do i say <laughs> then i was thinking like is he is he gonna be peace because we're waiting mm-hmm. and he had the bouncer there and then i noticed he's just a cool guy because he was just looking at cool videos on instagram nice. and he was sharing like with bouncer and i just saw him like just playing around and i was like okay um we're gonna have to wait another two minutes and he was like uh, it's fine no problem and i remember him like saying like are you on instagram what's your account god um, damn it follow you. and nico don't and say I'm that like... <laughs> <laughs> i want to be you i'm gonna hack your account so, so seriously like um yeah i'm just like oh wow so so you're actually a nice person i think also people think like all oh, celebrities are so bad or mm, they don't talk mm, to you mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. they have They're an Hollywood. attitude mm. not all of them and i've luckily had a great experience with a lot of the ones I worked with at Coke Studio. Drip check. Wanna be stylish and fly as fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear your attitude on the outside? <laughs> well, look no further than Uncut Fit. Get any of our four unique designs on a tee or hoodie in the color and size of your choice. We've got kid sizes too, so you can go ahead and match your drip with your kid. Hoodies are only 3,000 shillings. Tees at 1,200 shillings and the uncut logo baseball caps at 1,500 shillings. Pre-order at half price and pay the balance on delivery. Follow at Uncut Fit on Instagram to check out your designs and cop something. Now talk to me about Aniko PR and when you say your company moves different, what do you mean exactly by that? Okay, so Aniko PR stands for Aniko Public Relations. Mm-hmm. As I said, the company was um, founded and um, and it's you know started officially running in 2017. Mm-hmm. 
we move different because we call ourselves a PR agency and traditional PR agencies work with a lot of corporate brands, um, especially talking about like the Kenyan scene. Mm-hmm. Um, on a lot of corporate uh, like um, brands and, and, and work that sometimes includes um, and, uh, big brands, you know, big companies and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. when, when, when you usually say, oh, I run a PR agency, that's what first comes to somebody's mind. Um, but that's not what you know my company does. Mm. We, well, when we say we run a PR agency, first of all, we only represent artists. We only represent creative projects. We only represent um, cultural projects. Mm-hmm. So that would span from um, industries, from music, um, entertainment, events, theater, film, um, literature. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the spectrum and it's quite broad mm. but I would say like the face value that people knows know us from mm-hmm. is the music and entertainment and um, we do a lot more than just music and entertainment so for instance we've represented a lot of documentaries, a lot of films um, a lot of events a lot of festivals mm-hmm. so um, I think what makes us different is the fact that before I started my company, I didn't know of another company like mine that mm-hmm. was representing artists the way we are. And the way we represent artists is we don't take one model and try, you know, sell it to each and every artist. But we understand that mm-hmm. every artist comes from a different background. Every artist represents a different sound mm-hmm. and wants a different thing. Mm-hmm. I just feel like based on my experience working with certain agencies that mm-hmm. they have this approach which is very copy paste from what has been successful before. Mm-hmm. We don't rely on what has been successful before in our company even for specific clients whereby you find we've worked with Saudi Soul like for a long time or I worked with them for a long time. We would never uh, for instance have a different Saudi Soul release and just say like oh we had this press release so just take half of it and just add something little and just send it out because that's already that copy paste mentality mm-hmm. which is absolutely horrendous and a lot of PR people in this country particularly are doing that mm. I just reading all these things and it's just copy paste or something written like yeah. something else I'm just like yeah. who's gonna be doing the original content yeah so um it's fine okay. so um that's that's what I think makes us different that we pride ourselves in first you know giving every artist or client a mark a specific approach mm-hmm. to yourself to your brand and it's tailor-made it's tailor-made and and then um we are also big at creating narratives mm. and putting that out in a strategic way so that does make us different but it, it doesn't only make us different but it also gives us a lot of work mm. it's a lot of work mm. and for that reason we are also not able to, to handle so many clients because mm-hmm. honestly we don't have the capacity at any one point I think we only have the capacity to handle at most up to maybe seven clients but during Coke Studio because it's a whole lot of artists yeah. it's basically like a hundred artists or something mm-hmm. over a period of um, like five months mm-hmm. so that time like the team expands mm-hmm. and like I had extra people working full time mm-hmm. 
but generally we we are, we are very lean in the way we roll and from time to time there's certain artists we're not representing but they come to us and say hey i just want a press release for a song mm-hmm. or i just want to do a couple of interviews so we can always you know rope in somebody here and there but we really keep it um lean just so we can give maximum attention to each brand okay because i think that's guarantees you more business mm-hmm. keeps you for the long run yeah. as opposed to wanting to have so many clients and yeah. then you're such a small team doing a shoddy be- shoddy you know. job yeah 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 i get what you're yeah. saying so 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 that's what makes us different and from outside i think a lot of people think oh we are so big and mm. we only represent huge stars and yeah man there are a lot of people who say like oh i hope you're gonna represent me you know i'm not like Saudi soul or i'm not <laughs> yemi alade yeah. but we don't discriminate you know as long as the artist is dope as yeah. long as it, the sound is is dope and it's quality a quality production mm. there are many times also when you know s- s- great artists came about but the, it, this whatever they produced wasn't good enough and mm-hmm. we have to find a way to let them know like this is not gonna roll mm. in a good way because it's, it's i think it's 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 not right to just take money from artists to say oh because we are I'm, a, company, I'm going to push it yeah you know, and I, you can't push and, the product and you know it's gonna be hard to push it because yeah on the radio side it's gonna be difficult even for the radio to play something that's not actually good quality true so i think the swahili saying that says um what does it say chema chema chajiuza kibaya chajitembeza that is basically factual factual you know it, it makes my work so much easier if i'm representing an artist who has a great brand great communication a quality music and production and it's really hard for me when they don't have that so when those who don't have that come about mm. it's hard man you know they they're willing to pay so much or whatever yeah. but not 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 that money is going to help me make you a success yeah i think i also rely on the quality of the mm-hmm. product of the artist mm-hmm. so that also makes us different because i know a lot of pr people who will represent anyone for the sake of the money yeah. or will do any type of projects for instance we don't do politics mm. so we've had a lot of um requests even now recently someone asked if you if you want to manage like an upcoming campaign for someone who mm. wants to run for presidency mm. and i was just like no uh, politics yeah. is a dirty game it's yeah. like when you get involved but, but the over there it's like I don't even want to get too in- into it is because I don't understand it mm-hmm. I'm not passionate at it mm-hmm. you know some people are able to to do stuff they don't understand and make themselves understand it or just do it for the sake of the business or for yeah. the money yeah. but for me like I just have to love what I'm doing yeah or I have to understand it at yeah. least yeah yeah when you're passionate about a project you can even develop new ideas to run it or you know come up with extra stuff yeah, to yeah, make yeah. this thing successful for exactly. as opposed to I'm just doing this for the bag it's like you do the bare minimum exactly. because that's what you're getting from from said campaign or whatever so tell me how do you have conversations with artists who are not having great music how does that conversation go like okay listen fam this this thing I don't I don't think so how do you have that convo and how do they take it hey, it's difficult man because I I don't want to be the one to tell you your music is terrible and you're not going <laughs> to make it yeah because I think people you know like things different mm. I might think it's terrible someone else might think it's, it's amazing dope, yeah and I've seen case scenarios where something that I didn't like was popping somewhere mm-hmm. you know it's just like 
there's an audience for everything mm-hmm. so i feel like despite the fact that we might feel or i might feel that someone's music is not good enough mm. it doesn't mean it can't go somewhere else so you have to be careful when you're giving this type of feedback because mm-hmm. you don't want some artists to go and say hey and you can say i can't make it and that this thing i can't even promote it and i also don't want them to feel like because aniko pr can't promote this thing i have to you know trash it mm. i i still want them to proceed if they still want to proceed but it's just like i want to give you constructive feedback mm-hmm. so most times i just let them know that we're not going to be able to promote this at this time because mm-hmm. i don't see how we're going to make it a success and if an artist is smart enough they're going to go into the details and ask stuff like why would it, why wouldn't it be a success and mm-hmm. so i would explain like the way it sounds the mm-hmm. production and whatnot mm-hmm. a lot of them don't go into the nitty-gritties but some of them do and i like those who get into the nitty-gritty because for instance even when we're submitting videos to mtv and trace mm-hmm. sometimes they get um rejected mm. and s- sometimes they don't say why they rejected them they just say they're not up to standards and i just give the artist that feedback mm. and so certain artists come back and say i would like to know why it was not up to standard so that makes me go back to mtv and say please explain to me and they will say what that oh, color grading mm. it's the it's the is i don't know whatever it's yeah they'll give details mm. they will give details so when, when i can give details and when i'm asked to give the details i would have to you know go straight into it but usually i just explain that i don't think we'll make this a, a success and if you have another single or video mm. please let me listen to it and i will advise you i think it's very important before agreeing on doing a job or taking someone's money to mm. first you know review the the song the, product, the video yeah. and see how you're going to work with it mm-hmm. so it doesn't work the opposite mm. it, it it starts with like let's review it let's mm-hmm. see how it's going to work and then let's now agree on how we can promote it so that's that how that's how it works for me and there's a, there's a certain artist who um sent me his stuff like two different times or three different times and they were not good at all mm. and and i kept on telling him send me the next project and he sent me another one and it's like nah mm. and he sent me the last one it was really dope okay yeah like a really dope song and really dope video and i didn't Props. even expect that it would be that dope because mm. he sent it to me and i hadn't listened i was having a long day so when i finally had it I was like whoa this is a banger you know and i like getting to a project feeling as confident you know you're like mm. i know this is i can dope. i can do this you know, yeah you don't want to be promoting something and you know yourself like yeah. it's not that good yeah. so I, i i think this is one um scenario case scenario where someone took feedback and you know, kept coming back until yeah. we had that dope yeah. project so we're actually promoting him now and let's see how things gonna go but so far so good that's dope i mean i i i feel like a lot of artists don't like hearing that no or or please change this it's like what do you know about yeah. music to tell me to change that exactly. but i feel like I, being in the industry after doing radio tv coke studio africa after you know working with artists and knowing what can sell and what can't sell you also have like knowledge about okay this one there's no way even yeah. if i have my radio friends or tv friends yeah, yeah. they're going to be like what's what is this how can yeah. we sell this so i think it's important for artists to also like be open to listening some people send you like music for review and then you say abc and then they're like but but and it's like you asked for the feedback and i'm giving to mm. you as well as i possibly can yeah. so like you know what next how yeah. next can we move from here now when it comes to working with the artists like you've said it's not just about working with um the mainstream 
quote unquote mainstream great artists yeah. the superstars mm-hmm. it's about like getting a dope product um how well an artist has packaged themselves mm-hmm. and also like how dope the 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 song or the video is when it comes to working with these quote unquote again smaller artists what exactly do you usually need you know besides the whole of course the music has to be great and yeah. sellable like what else does this artist have to embody for yeah. aniko pr to represent them well um nothing really the music needs to be great they mm. have to have their communication materials intact because especially when you're starting a fresh you know people don't know you they don't know your name they probably don't know your face yeah. so you have to have great press pictures you probably have need to have a proper bio even if it's short just mm-hmm. to explain who you are where you're from what is your inspiration have you won any awards and stuff like that mm-hmm. so that's those are very basic so even if you're like relatively new and you have a great song and you don't have those mm. we still can't proceed and obviously um if if it's like the videos you have to have them in certain specifications so sometimes you find a lot of the upcoming artists have great me- some have great music but then they don't take time to think of the the branding mm-hmm. you have a great song but it needs to be branded mm. even for instance when you have a song release or a video release you need to have a poster for mm. that mm-hmm. sometimes people don't even have a poster for that so yeah. i'm just like how can i start promoting you without putting this info together because what i'm going to do is send the song to hbr mm-hmm. and then they're going to be like who's this exactly you know you just sent a song who produced this song mm-hmm. when was it released what project is it from mm. so it's all this other information defining who you are as an artist which we need and if you don't have that information we have to create it for you and you have to pay for that mm. and that's another thing that maybe that artist hadn't uh, put into consideration so mm. many times is the back and forth where it's like oh i don't have a bio i'll come back when it's ready or i have not done a, a photo shoot i'll come back when it's ready mm. it's happened sometimes that we we represented certain stars who didn't have photo shoots and we had to organize for them or send them to the studio or something mm. i remember when we did pr for akode with mm. um her song with flavor which mm-hmm. was such a success mm-hmm. and I, i i can confidently say that she actually blew up after this song mm. you know she had already she already had this huge um song with diamond which was doing great in east africa yeah but this one with flavor that was the deal breaker mm. like that's what made her blow across africa mm. so during that particular release she didn't have like dope press pictures mm-hmm. you know, she didn't have an artwork for that mm. and i loved working with akode because she listens mm. you know i was like we need a photo shoot mm. we need a dope design mm-hmm. and we're going to use our dope designer who's like based in lagos we mm. need this she was like i'll do everything that you want me to do to make this release a, a success dope. and that's why it was a success you know because she she was she, she was still big you know she was still like a, a sensation then mm, mm. but the fact that she was able to take advice like we can't proceed without this we, i remember us going to a photo shoot mm. and her doing a photo shoot for the press picture sorry for the poster mm. so some of those things um artists need to take seriously it's not as as good as i can pay a nico pr and yeah. have a great song mm. but i would advise even for artists to do constant photo shoots because you don't know when you need them mm-hmm. you need them for media appearances you need them for song p- promotions and video promotion so many things yeah so those are things um artists don't take 
um, they sometimes take for granted or don't consider. Mm. So I think even when you're coming and you haven't started approaching PR and stuff, just put your stuff together. Like just make sure you have three different photo shoots and stuff. Mm -hmm. That really helps in building the brand and the image. Don't. You don't want people to start Googling you and they're finding random pictures from Facebook back in 2019. Yeah. And, and 2009 and stuff like that yeah you start defining your brand from the beginning and it's by you creating the content that you want to put out amazing yeah Last year, Uncut Africa pulled off the biggest hip-hop event of the year. The very first Kenyan hip-hop award show in history. We're already buzzing and gearing up for this year's awards, and you can catch culture conversations directed by our panel of enthusiasts on our YouTube channel. From analysis of last year's event to predictions of the nominees this year. Where's the competition? I see none. I swear to God, I'm about to go down. Who's going to be the biggest winner this year? Subscribe to the Uncut Africa. Africa YouTube channel and catch the Road to Uncut Hip Hop Awards 20. Okay, now let's get into like PR and branding for artists. Mm. Um, I know PR is public relations, yes. but like, what is it? What is it specifically? Because um, you know, we, we always tell artists, like, you know, you have to have great communication, let someone speak for you if you don't know what to say, all that stuff. So tell me, what is it? Um, what is PR? What is this? Is it a skill? Is it a field? You know, define that for me. Okay. Well, PR, first of all, is public relations because mm -hmm. I think some people even get it twisted because I've had people say like, oh, she's a PR person. She will publish you. And I'm Ooh. like, no, I, <laughs> I'm i not going to publish you because I think that's, they may, I don't know, that's like different. Publishing is yeah, different from yeah. PR. Mm. So um, basically, a PR person, the job of a PR person is to represent a brand, a project. Mm -hmm a product um, within different me media mm. and medium that mm. could be an audience, could be uh, the media fraternity, mm. could be a specific target audience that the brand or the product is um, targeted at. Mm -hmm. So basically the PR person, the go-between between, between um, the product, that client, um, that business and the outside world, whichever the brand wants to reach out to. So mm. in this case scenario, when we're talking about artists and PR, the, a PR person or a publicist or um, whoever is managing the communications for the artist would be representing them not just in terms of communication mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people think that PR is as basic as I communicate on behalf of this artist mm -hmm. or I organize interviews for this artist mm -hmm. but it's much deeper than that because it's also defining who the artist is and finding a, a good um, a good way to communicate that it's mm -hmm. just like if if wh what does this artist stand for what does this what does this sound what is the sound of this artist like mm -hmm. how are you going to explain that to everybody so you need to define narratives um, that can embody whatever you're representing in different ways in different forms i mean there's always like events you could do press conferences you could do press mm -hmm. releases you could send out websites you could put up and um it, it's a tedious process you know you don't build a brand you don't um you don't 
represent an artist in one day or in one month mm-hmm. or even one year mm. sometimes you it takes a, a whole lot of time even maybe a whole year or two years to see the consistency to see the growth and and a lot of artists come over to PR people and feel like oh I'm gonna pay you this amount on, on a project make so, it happen yeah and mm. when am I blowing <laughs> it doesn't just you know it's just not give and take like that so sometimes you even have to invest in PR like a couple of times a couple of projects consistently to see the success so um, it's, it's quite tedious and, and artists want to see results ASAP mm-hmm. and uh, what are those results uh, meaning mm. so for instance sometimes um, the PR people maybe put out news or organize interviews and stuff mm-hmm. and so I was on the newspapers I was on the media everywhere or I was on, on, on several interviews so what that what does that value bring back to me mm. so I think it's very important for the for the PR people to also know or to always be at the front line of trying to see the value that the, the, they're giving back to the client is that's what I'm saying it's not just about organizing an interview or writing something mm. but to see where is this thing going mm. what are we communicating and how does that bring back the value to the artist for instance if I if I'm promoting if I'm on the Coke studio project mm-hmm. I have no business taking a, an artist of Coke studio to a radio station and they were dis- discussing so many other things that were not about Coke studio that means it gives Coke studio no value yeah but I don't have a problem with um, the discussion of different things and also Coke studio mm. so there's always has to be that balance as to what's the value we're trying to get from here and so when when you when you just organize interviews and don't also organize or prepare what it's gonna be about or sometimes you're not there to actually help orchestrate the interview you mm. end up becoming a PR person who's making things happen but who's not giving value mm. so PR for artists and PR in general is about giving back value to the investment that the client puts in mm. so you have to find out what's the value that the client wants you know for artists they might say I want my song to be on rotation or HBR I want it to get on the countdown yeah but we don't have the power to get your song on the countdown mm. the best thing you can do is probably book you on the best shows that will probably put you on rotation yeah. so you know you also have to manage the expectations of, of the client mm. and tell them what you can do or what you can't do some some of them come and say oh we're gonna pay you for PR and we need 2,000 streams a day on, on Apple Music and I'm like well we're not doing what you digital mean? streaming yeah. and stuff you mm. know we, we're on a different level so mm. So that's what what PR is about. It's actually a game of, you know, numbers, a game of value. It's a game of numbers because you ask to be paid a certain amount of money mm-hmm. and you have to show the value back for that money. Yeah. I, I gave you 50,000 shillings over a period of two months. Mm-hmm. What did you give me back? Yeah. When it comes to, you know, the amount of money that you spend on PR and you've said that there's artists who approach you for projects, like an artist will approach you for a press release or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, how do these packages vary? Are there like different... Um, different package deals in terms of pricing for like if you want a press release if you want um, us to manage the entire project like you know marketing a, a song and marketing a project mm. those are two different things yeah, right yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, do you approach them also with different tactics yes we do um, I not sure how other you know companies run because mm. I can only speak on my company's behalf like but for us because mm. we have that uh, perspective and um and approach that we represent African stars 
and artists from all over the continent for mm. that reason we have two different rate cards mm-hmm. so we have a rate card for east africans mm. and we have a rate card for non east africans mm-hmm. so all the east africans get a flat rate okay. that we presume is most affordable for them mm-hmm. and I mean, East Africans are home. Yeah. Why would I be charging an arm and a leg? Yeah. yeah. Or, or or why would I be charging someone f- from I don't know which part of the continent? What I'd be charging a Kenyan artist? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's fair for the Kenyan artist to pay much less. It's exactly. just like goods made and 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 sold in Kenya mm-hmm. don't have like in in imp, like uh, v- some the import tax. Exactly. Or like they don't have to be super pricey because so they're it's, it's the same here. notion. Mm. So we do have two different um rate cards and so in each of the rate cards there's different pricing for different services from mm-hmm. drafting press releases to sending them out um to retainers on projects um to media tours but what i noticed um especially for an agency like ours because i mentioned before that we are specific to each project each client mm-hmm. it was also hard to be specific to each project and each client and still work with a rate card mm-hmm. because that means another client will not want to do stuff as long will not want to do some of the things you're already offering in your rate card so what do you do with, with them mm. you can't charge them the same as somebody else because you're actually not doing the same to them as somebody mm-hmm. else so i think over the years um we've learned to be more flexible mm. and the thing is we know our rate for different stuff mm. but we are now able to work on different projects depending on the budget allocated to different projects mm-hmm. and it's also a good business move because it's like you want us to represent you what is your marketing budget mm. we're going to look at your your brand and this budget and tell you what is the best we can do with this budget mm-hmm. instead of telling somebody that no we only get paid this amount mm. so you're automatically locked out mm-hmm. so that way we are opening our doors to more artists and uh, we are more flexible to working on different clients mm with different budget so mm. you'll just get what mm. you can afford mm. Mm. if mm. it means two interviews and not an entire media tour so be it but okay. we made a contribution and you were successful in those two areas you you get what you pay for exactly value for money basically exactly. oh exactly. that's dope now for these again quote unquote smaller artists because i know a lot of them will be listening to this um episode in order to package themselves better you know mm. package their communication better if someone wants to get in contact with Aniko PR or wants to be marketed or whatever it is that they need um what is the best way for them to reach you we have a website we have an office we're very active on social media um our website is www.aniko-pr.com mm-hmm. it's always updated has our contacts has even our office address and um our social media pages across is aniko pr mm-hmm. so on instagram on facebook on twitter and we're there all the time you can also contact me directly aniko oboko mm-hmm. um if you have any queries we also have an email that you know people send in requests and stuff it's bookings at aniko-pr.com because mm-hmm. a lot of artists will call and want to talk on phone a lot and we always just tell them please send your content in so we can actually review it and get back to you mm. so um i know that there's always the 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 
fear that oh we are unreachable yeah. we're too busy that yeah. too high yeah because mm. you're coming you don't want to reach out and yeah. some people send dms like i i'm just working hard and i hope one day i'm gonna be able to afford you i'm like <laughs> you didn't ask a question exactly you didn't say who you mm. are and i don't know where you are in your yeah. career right now so sometimes yeah. i don't know how to respond to these things but for all those listening like don't be afraid to to you know to reach out and not just to us but to any other pr person or mm-hmm. any other media person or mm-hmm. any other person that you think might present an opportunity towards you like yeah. it starts with one opportunity so yeah. you're welcome and don't be shy yeah definitely <laughs> now tell me how important or why is it important for artists to have that communication managed like i know everybody has a social media account right now yeah. anybody can get on there and say whatever it is that they want to say yeah. but when it comes to presenting yourself officially as a brand because i believe you know every creative should package package themselves as a brand like you're not selling just one product you're selling yourself yes. you and everything else yes. um why is it important or how important is it for artists to make sure that their pr is clean on all fronts i think it's important first because the job of pr and communication is it's a job by itself mm. and being an artist is also another job by itself mm-hmm. so i honestly think that it's unfair to be an artist and also have the job of doing your pr and communication because as a pr person myself i am i'm, I'm so busy the whole day just yeah. communicating on artists behalf so mm. i cannot imagine a case scenario where you're an artist you you want to have your private life but every time you get out people run to you and want to take pictures with you mm. and so all these media people asking for your pictures and new press releases and you have a new single out everybody calling you saying i want an interview like it actually can get quite hectic yeah. and i don't see how just an artist is going to be able to handle that mm-hmm. so i think the first thing is artists and creatives need to understand that you are an artist you are a creative mm. and stick to who you are and what you do best because when you try to do that and you try to juggle other things you want to be your own manager you want mm. to go to meetings you want to be the one bargaining for your own um self mm. and then you t- you sign off these bad deals and mm-hmm. you come back and start complaining oh the industry is yeah. this way yeah so just let other people help you try collaborate with other people you don't have to have a publicist full time or a manage- manager full time mm-hmm. you can work with them on different projects mm-hmm. as they come you know see what you can allocate to them especially with management you can always pay on commission basis even on some pr projects mm. it always depends you know life is about negotiating and collaborating mm. so i think it's important for artists to have pr because uh, it's a never ending job and mm-hmm. it's 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 always working 24/7 you know i always say it's pr is not 9 to 5 mm. so even like last night someone was calling me at i don't know 10 p.m. and they were like oh we want one of your clients on tv tomorrow morning what and i have to respond to that you know mm. i have to try get the client because mm. i understand that hey there's a spot that we could feel and mm-hmm. then i couldn't find a client and i have to call back and say oh i can't find somebody but i can't imagine like artists being called anytime for anything mm. and ha- them having to remember and that's where starts this whole story is like oh this artist has an attitude mm. you call him they don't come for interviews they are rude mm. and they say they'll never come to a station is because you're calling the artist directly and they can handle that and also it's because they are accepting to be called directly and they don't know like someone else is supposed to do this job mm. so if you have pr it's better because you don't have to deal with other people especially me 
media directly and so they tend to see you as a business as a brand as as someone who's not reachable and there's a buffer between them and you mm. and i think that's important because artists especially need their privacy mm-hmm. And also need their respect, you know. Yeah. I, I, sometimes we're just in an industry where there's no respect. Like I find some media people acting as if they're artists themselves mm-hmm. or putting themselves in the same pedestal with artists. Like you are now the superstar. Yeah. Also, it's like yeah. or media people saying, "Oh, they think they're such a superstar, but they are a superstar." But there's always situations that have made the media people and artists feel like we are all the same. Mm. And I think it's 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 when you don't create a line between. Mm. Um, the friendship and the business so just just don't 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 want to do the job it's a lot of work and you know i'm stressed myself and and that's the one job i'm doing yeah. so you're doing a lot of other stuff you know producing yeah. music and also artists have different schedules some most of them work late at night mm-hmm. so when people are calling in the morning and stuff like it doesn't yeah, go the well the communication is not getting that no. yeah um again also do you think that the kenyan market as far as the artists and other creatives are concerned do you think that they're finally getting the importance of having someone manage your communication for you yes yeah? they are they are because when i started out i, f- I felt like oh i'm the only publicist or mm, this is the only mm, company mm-hmm. but now there are so many dope publicists you know doing dope stuff I'm just happy to see the growth like yeah. my friend on CZ mm-hmm. there's Oyaro who I've worked with mm-hmm. and so many other dope people so it's it's just like our industry is not devoid of good PR people or companies so I I've seen the fast growth yeah. and, and even sometimes we're not running any projects and I'm sitting at home and I'm watching TV and I see all these artists doing stuff and yeah. I'm just like there's some publicists running this town now because <laughs> I'm like all these they artists come through be, me yeah, like, yeah. And, and not just Kenyan but even artists from across Africa I mm. see them all the time on TV and I'm like we didn't book that yeah. and and also we have a lot of media people when they see an artist who's not from Af- Kenya being interviewed they send us messages like mm. are you the ones representing <laughs> this person and I'm like we are not yeah. and that tells me like hey there's some people in the here in the streets you know making yeah. things happen yeah. so I got to get my <laughs> but how does it make you feel? I feel like um I- I'd consider you like a pioneer in the PR field. When you see all these things happening, does it challenge you or are you just like, okay, it's Well, it's challenging. Mm. It's challenging cuz I'm just like, hey, this company needs to uh to to be innovative, you know, we have to Uh, see what else we are offering artists so you know we always have to come up with new services new added value mm. yeah it's challenging man because you had the movement exactly because mm. i don't want to be out of business in two years and yeah. the problem now is it's like all the newcomers want it so bad that they're probably going to be doing it for free like i was in mm-hmm. the beginning mm-hmm. or are probably not going to have any rate they're just going to be like i'll do whatever give mm. me something mm. so why would an artist not take that deal and um not have to pay much for whatever we're still offering mm-hmm. so the stakes are high and so uh the competition is also high so man we have to up our game yeah. and and we're in the process uh, we're actually in the process of launching a new business oh yeah yeah so that's going to happen in the next month okay and i'm excited what congrats <laughs> man i'm here for all of it and you were telling me also that you're going to be launching a podcast soon yes i will yes oh tell me about God, that I that was under the radar <laughs> i haven't really announced it but now you have i mean i got the exclusive so yeah so i'm launching my new podcast which is going to be called vip access mm-hmm. and it's based on my youtube series called the same mm-hmm. 
Um, the concept of it is very simple. It's just a traveling cultural show, and I'm talking to different African stars and creatives from around Africa. Mm-hmm. So I already shot this whole season um, this year and last year. I even shot some stuff this year before Corona. Mm-hmm. I shot some stuff in Nigeria. I shot some stuff in Rwanda. So it's really interesting that I'm talking to artists from Kenya, mm. uh, Burundi, Tanzania, Uganda, uh, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Nigeria. So it's it's great, and um, I can't wait to launch it. Looking forward to it, man. How do you feel after interacting with all these African countries and stars? How do you feel different countries gravitate towards content curated around their person mm-hmm. as compared to like the Kenyan audience? I think what I've noticed based on my YouTube stats and interviews with various artists is that other fans from other countries are more excited or are partaking more of um, of the content like pertaining their artists they are taking it more than here or mm-hmm. they're enjoying it more i think for kenya for now mm. it, it's it's not neither here or there but mm. I, I i think we like the old kenyan audience likes a lot of the dramas a lot of the yeah. more than just the bts of who an artist is mm-hmm. more than just the story getting to find out who this yeah. person who makes this music is exactly okay. so so when you watch my show it's not really about any drama mm. it's just like very basic like who are you as an mm. artist how many albums do you have mm. which country do you come from mm. da, 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 da. and and some people consider that boring but to me that's like the journalistic way of doing certain interviews because that way it makes it timeless yes and you can always come back anytime you're to talking watch my it. language you know mm-hmm. and and for me i'm thinking like someone else from another country doesn't know so let me do it this way so exactly. that when they watch them exactly they're not talking about some drama but they're actually talking about who they are mm-hmm. our, our region and stuff mm-hmm. like that so that's that kind of style of journalism um isn't really where Practiced. it should be right yeah. now yeah and i think a lot of us who who understand it should should continue to do more of that uh old school music yeah. journalism yeah it's not dead yeah and we can keep it alive. Yeah, that's w- exactly what I try to do with the podcast. That's what you're it's like doing exactly, right now. exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you know, 5 years to come, someone will want to know like basics of PR. Of course. And they can come back to this interview and exactly. and listen like it's timeless. It doesn't exactly. matter if you're listening in 2030, like PR basics are going to remain the same and exactly. you know you can come in and listen to that. If yeah. someone is in freaking Uganda, yeah. like Sauti Sol, yes, they're big or whatever, but who is Sauti Sol? Exactly. Like, what makes them them how do exactly. they how do they get together mm. like what's their story what inspires their music i feel like also yeah a lot of people really don't get into the meat of the mm. conversation it's like yo i saw you fighting backstage with calligraph what's up with that it's like is that the only thing you called me for exactly. like what kind of interview is this you know i really appreciate you i really Thank appreciate you. your time we've done an hour man really <laughs> It was so great. It felt like 30 minutes or 25. We could do this more. all day. Thank like this so was much. amazing. It Thank was. you so much. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you so much. I just want to say shout out to you for the work you're doing. Thank like, you. I've been following you low key. Sometimes on Saturday <laughs> I'm like listening to your radio show. Thank you. And you know, I had you like interviewing Wakadinali and I it's just excitement. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was their first interview Imagine. on 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 radio. I was meeting them that time. It sounded like you guys were like homies. Homies. Yeah. 
so it's cool to see somebody you know come onto the scene and yeah. also do her thing and spotlight different artists who I haven't had them being spotlighted anywhere so yeah. I'm discovering all these new acts like on your podcast on your show mm-hmm. I think it's dope you know what you're doing with the hip hop awards thank you you're putting in a lot of work and it's definitely going to pay off definitely and even if not pay off to you directly like it's a huge contribution to the industry yep. we need that yep. so thank you for that thank you I feel like everyone should you see how you 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 came up and you said Saudi soul these are my friends how can we make it pop yeah. that's how I try to do things I'm like I'm in this position. If it's good, why wouldn't I play your music? Like it doesn't hurt me to just yeah, play no. three minutes of your exactly. song on radio. It doesn't hurt. If it's good, I'll support it. Like let's yeah. find a way to move forward together. Exactly. Elevate the industry, you know, do our thing. So this is dope. To me gotta. That pause. So yeah, this is dope. Thank you so much, man. Cheers. Thank you for checking out the Kingship podcast. C- catch weekly episodes on Sundays and Wednesdays at 12 noon East African time. The Kingship podcast is available on streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Castbox, and more. The series available on the podcast are Clock In, which are conversations with various personalities instrumental for mental health conversations, and The King's Tales, the human experience by Ruby V.